We begin today a new Masechta, Masechta Chagiga, which according to most opinions is also the last Masechta of the whole Seydah Mayid. And Seydah Mayid finishes with this Masechta that talks about the halachas in the time of the Beis Mikdash, when Yidin would be Eile Regal three times a year to the Beis Mikdash, the Karbonas they have to bring, and the other halachas that apply to this. The name of the Masechta is Chagiga, which refers to the Karbon Chagiga, that was brought in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Even though there are other Karbanas, there's a Karban Eila that's also brought, there's a Karban Shlomim, which is called the Chagiga that's brought. The name of the Masechta is Chagiga, as we'll see in the continuation here in the Mishnah, that according to Beis Hillel, the Karban Chagiga is, so to speak, more important. It's you have to invest in it more than the Karban Eila. So this is uh, the name of the Masechta. Let's begin. Zog Mishnah, HaKoyl Chayovin Everybody is obligated to come and appear in the Beis HaMikdash three times a year in the Yom Tif. So Rashi here says it's talking about this mitzvah of Yeroya Kol Zuchurcha, that you have to come and be there. Everybody is obligated three times a year to come. Teisus over here says, when it says the term Akol Chayavim Biri'iyah, it doesn't mean only the fact that you come and appear, but it also refers to the carbon oilas Ri'iyah that you bring <laughs> along with it. This is, so it's both the carbon and the coming. So everybody's obligated. Chutz, mecheresh, shaita, vekotten. Besides a person that's a deaf mute, uh, we'll see in the Gemara actually what, what the meaning of cheresh is. A shaita, a person that doesn't have his mind with him. And cotton, a child under bar mitzvah. And the tumtum, a person that does not have a sign of whether he's a male or female. Vadreigenis, or a person that has both a sign of being a male and a female. And the noshim, vavodim, sheinam, mishachrarim. Women, or a Eved, which refers to a Eved Kanani, that has not been freed, and a Chiger, a person that's lame, Vahasuma, and a person that's blind, Vahachayla, a person that's sick, Vahazokin, a person that's old, and a person that can't go up with his feet, meaning, as Rashi says, he can't walk from Yerushalayim to the Azara. We'll see, we'll see in the Gemara, the Gemara will explain the source of all of these uh, different uh, cases, of all these different kinds of people that are Potter. Says the Mishnah, Eizehu cotton, who is considered to be a cotton that's not chayiv in the mitzvah of Ri'iyah. Kol she'eni yochel lalez beragloi, sorry, kol she'eni yochel lirkoi vaksei foishel oviv, that is, someone that can't ride on the shoulders of his father. His father can't bring him to the Beis HaMikdash. So Rashi explains, when we talk here about a cotton, and we say that he can't ride on the shoulders of his father, right? So that means that if he could, if, they, if he, his father is able to take him on his shoulders, then he's obligated to come. So obviously, that does not mean that he's obligated to come, min hatayra. Min hatayra, there's no mitzvah for a cotton which has no das. However, for, for this cotton, at the age that his father could bring him on his shoulders, so then the chachamim placed on the father and the mother the mitzvah of chinuch to be mechanach them. There's a chiddush here in this Rashi. This is a famous Rashi. Because in this Rashi, Ezel Cotton, he says that the mitzvah of Chinuch lies upon the father and upon the mother. In most places, it actually says that the mitzvah of Chinuch is only on the father. But here, Rashi says both, the father and the mother. Okay. So, this, so this is uh, the opinion of uh, Beis Hillel. Again, let's read this again. And to carry him like that from Yerushalayim to the Harabayis. Divrei Beis, sorry, this is Divrei Beis Shammai. This is Beis Shammai's opinion. 
As long as this child cannot hold on his father's hand. And to go up from Yerushalayim to walk together with his father to the Harabayas. So if he can't do that to walking, holding his father's hand, so then the mitzvah of Chinuch will not apply yet. Shanema, the Pasuk says, The Yomim Toivim are referred to as Regalim. So from here we learn that Chinuch begins when the child is able to walk with his own feet, holding his father's hand. Again, Regalim, the word Regalim. Regalim means to walk, to walk with your feet. It's not, uh, as I said, we're talking here about the mitzvah of Chinuch Med Rabbanon. So it's not uh, that we're bringing this Pasuk as a source for this mitzvah. There's no, there's no mitzvah menateira for Chinuch. But the Chachamim made their decision of when to apply the beginning of the age of Chinuch for this mitzvah based on the language of the Pasuk. That it says here the term Regalim. So when a child can walk holding his father's hand, then he's going to be Chayv. The carbon, so as I mentioned, when you come to the base of Mikdash, there are two carbonas that have to be brought. The emphasis is the third carbon that also has to be brought in connection to every yamtiv. We'll see later. A carbon that's brought to eat the meat for the simcha of the yamtiv. But here we're speaking about the two carbonas. One is the oila. This carbon oila is brought and is totally burnt in the Mizbeach, like every carbon oila. And then there's a carbon shlomim. Carbon shlamim, part of it is burnt in the Mizbeach, part of it the Kayan eats, and part of it the owner eats. So Beis Shammai says, the carbon that you bring, the, the, that's the oila, that comes together with the fact that you're coming to appear in the Beis Hamikdash, shtei kesef. So you should invest in that more. You should invest in that two silver coins, that it should be a fat animal. The carbon chagiga that you bring, that's not totally burnt in the Mizbeach, part of it goes to the Kayanim and the Bailim, the owner, ma. So for that, it's half. You invest in it only one ma of kasef for, for this carbon. say the reverse. The carbon that you bring, that should be only one ma. That could be only one ma kasef. The carbon chagige, which is going to be part for the mizbeach and part for you and part for the kainim, that should be two silver coins. The Gemara will explain everything here in this Mishnah, all the machlekes and the, the two arguments between Bishama and Basilil and all the details we had in the Mishnah. We said in the Mishnah that Akoil, that everybody's Chayv Bidiyah, right? So, what does this Akoil come to add? And for the Gemara, this comes to add, when you have a slave that was partially freed and partially he's still a slave, that he is also obligated in the mitzvah to be Eilerega. So, for example, if you had two brothers or partners that owned the slave and one of them freed him and one of them did not, so he's partially free, partially a slave. So the Mishnah is saying that he's also obligated to come, even though later in the Mishnah it said that only, that, uh, sorry, that avadim she'eno mishukhradim. However, that's not free, does not have the mitzvah, but if he's half freed, he's already obligated. But now, according to Ravina's opinion, that says, I'm going to learn about this later in the Gemara, that a person that's half slave and half free, that he is also potter from coming to the base of Mikdash. Ravina learns it out from the extra words of the Mishnah. Because it doesn't just say in the Mishnah that Avodim are potter. It says Avodim she'eno mishukhradim. So Ravina says, why does it have to add those words, she'eno mishukhradim? Obviously, if it says Avodim, you know he's a slave and he's not freed. So Ravina says, from there you learn that even if he's partially freed, but he's not fully freed, he's still going to be potter. 
So if so, according to his opinion, the word Hakoyla in the Mishnah, what does it come to add? Answers the Gemara, La Sorry, La A person that was a Chiger, he's lame on the first day. And then on the second day, the Yantif, he got healed and he's able to walk like a regular person. So even though on the first day of Yantif, he was not obligated to come to the Beis Amikdash, he's not obligated to bring the Karma but now that on the second day that he's Nispashit, that he's healed, so now he has the mitzvah to come and to bring the carbon. So this pshat as well doesn't fit according to everybody. This is a good pshat, according to the opinion that says, Kulon Tashlumin that all of the days of the Yom Tif, so one could make up for the other day. So we'll see later in the Gemara, and this is on Daftes, where it brings a big machlaikis, and you get it to the fact that on the, the karbonis that you have to bring on the Yom Tif, so the first opportunity to bring it is on the first day of the Yom Tif. If you didn't bring it on the first day, you can be mashlamit, you can make up for that the rest of the days of the Yom Tif. So the argument is, how do we understand it? Does it mean that really the obligation is only the first day, and all the rest of the days are to make up for the first day, or no, the obligation is really every single day of the Yantif. If you didn't bring it the first day, so you bring it the second day. I mean, you should bring it as early as you can. But really the obligation is there on every single day of the Yantif. So, so the Gemara now says, the opinion that says, Kulon Tashlum that the obligation is really on every day of the Yantif. And if I didn't bring it the first, I bring it the second. If I don't bring it the second, I bring it the third. And every day I'm making up for the Chiv that's on every single day of the Yantif. So then I could, I could understand that a person that was lame on the first day of Yom Tif, and then on the first day he was potter, and then the second day of Yom Tif he got healed. So today he has the obligation to come and to bring his carbon oil Sriya. So that was, uh, that's what Hakoil would mean to include such an individual. But there's another opinion that says that the obligation is really only the first day. And all the rest of the days are coming to make up for you not fulfilling that obligation on the first day. But it's only the first day that's the initial, the real chiyuv. If so, what would hakoil come to add? It can't come to add this individual that was lame on the first day and then got healed the other days. If he was lame the first day, he was potted the first day. According to this opinion, once you potted the first day, there's nothing to make up any of the rest of the days. And for the Gemara, third pshat, la suyei summa bachas meina. This comes to include a person that's blind with one of his eyes. And this is not following the opinion of this Tana here that says, said in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, that Suma Bachas Me'enov, Potamanariya. Person that's blind with one eye is exempt from coming to the base of Mikdash and bringing the carbon oil Shanam of the Pasik says, Yire Yeiroa. So it says in the Pasik, it says, Shalosh Pamim Bashona, Yeiroa Kozuchurcha. So we read it, Yire Yeiroa, that you have to see and the Abish to see you when you come, which means Kederach Shabal Lirois, just like you come to see Kach Ba Lirois. So the same way, you also have to be seen. What does this mean? So Rashi here says that just like the Abish there, comes to see you, and the Ebishter sees you with two eyes, so too when you come to the Beis HaMikdash, you have to come, you're obligated to come, if you have two eyes that you have full vision to be able to see. Just like you see, you see with two eyes, so too you're seen with the two eyes of the Ebishter. Right? Okay, so 
Yeah, so that's the pshat according to Rabbi Yehuda that says that a person that's blind with one eye is potter from the mitzvah. So therefore our Mishnah disagrees with this and our Mishnah says hakail that everybody's chayiv to come to the base of Mikdash, including a person that's blind with one eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, right. Even though later we, we say that there's a, yeah, because over there, there were Amiroim that argued about this. Over here, there's, it's, there's another Tana that argues with the Tana of our Mishnah. So therefore, we're saying the Tana of our Mishnah is not like the Tana of this Braisa. Now, the Gemara goes back to the first answer that it brought. The Gemara says as follows, or if you want, we can go back to the first answer, that the Mishnah Koyal is coming to include a Chatsi Eved, Vachatsi Ben and a half Eved and half free. We're going back to the first answer. I, we had a question. Ravina clearly said that a person that's half Eved and half free, he is going to be potter from coming to the base of Mikdash. Says the Gemara, what Ravina said will not be a contradiction to coming and saying that Hakoil includes this individual as well. Why not? According to the Mishnah Rishayna, the way the uh, Mishnah was in the beginning, as the Gemara will now explain. So Ravina would say that a Chatsi Yevet and Chatsi Ben Chayren is Potter. But according to the Mishnah Achrayna, the way the Mishnah was afterwards, Chatsi Yevet and Chatsi Ben Chayren will be Chayev even according to Ravina. What's the source of this Indian? Mishnah Rishayna, Mishnah Achrayna, there was an opinion first and then the opinion was retracted and it was changed. So the Gemara brings a source for this. The Tanan, so we learned in the Mishnah, it says, Misha Chatsi Eved Vachatsi Ben Chayrin, a person that's half Eved and half free, Oyved is Rabbi Yemechot, so one day he serves his master as a slave, Vesatzma Yemechot, and for one day he's free. Divre Beisilo, that's Beisilo's opinion. Amrulam Beishamai, so Beishamai said to Beisilo, Tikantem is Rabbi, so this setup works good for his master, that he works for his master one day, but Vesatzma Yemechot, but for himself, you did not make matters good for him. You did not fix it. It's not, it's not okay for the person himself. Why not? So this person that's half free and half a slave, so who's he marrying? He can't marry a shivcha. That's a shivcha kananis because he's, he's already half free. Once he gets freed, he's already a full yid. So he's half, half of him is a full yid. He can't marry a shivcha kananis. He can't marry a, a regular yid because... He's, he's still a half a slave. Lee bottle, not to say that an individual like this should just not get married whatsoever, that you, that's not an option. The world is created for the, for the purpose to give birth to children. The world is not, not created to remain toyu, to remain desolate and nothingness. The world is created to be settled. So therefore we must give him the opportunity to get married. It's interesting, Taisus points out over here why the Gemara brings this Pasuk of Loi Toyu Bura and not the Pasuk that it says regarding the Mitzvah, which is Pru Uruvu. So Taisus gives two Pshatim. Either Taisus says that this Pasuk of Loi Toyu Bura is even a bigger Mitzvah than Pru Uruvu. It, it expresses what the concept of this Mitzvah is, to settle the world. And therefore the Gemara is bringing Dafka this Pasuk. Or Taisu says that this Pasuk applies not only to his half, which is already a Yid, but it also applies to the half of the person that's not a Yid yet. Because that's a mitzvah that's not only for Yidin. It's a mitzvah for everybody to settle the world and to have children. So therefore it's not an option to keep this person, Bishamai saying, in a situation where he can't get married to anybody. 
Ela says Beishamayim Ipnei Tikkuna Oilam In order to be misakin, to rectify the situation here, what do we do? Kaifen is Rabbi, Vaisa is Ben Chayrin. We have to force his master and he frees him. Kaisa Vlai Shtar, Al Chatsi Domov, he writes him a Shtar to free him for half of the money that he owes him to be freed for, for this, uh, to give him the opportunity to get married. So this is what it says in the Mishnah, there was an argument here between Beishamayim and Basil. So originally, Basil held up, no, we don't force the master to free him. And he remains in this condition, working for himself a day and working for his master for a day. But th- so that's, this is what's called Mishnah Rishayna. That was the original opinion of Basil. And then, Then Basil retracted from their opinion and they paskened like Beishamayim says, that we'd have to force the master to free this person to be able to get married. So what's the connection to the Gemara before? So Rashi explains in the bottom of the Yomad that in the Mishnah Rishayna, where Basil held that we don't force the master to free him. So this person is half slave and we don't force his master. So therefore, because of that half-slavery, he's not obligated in mitzvahs. He's not obligated in this mitzvah to come, and uh, the mitzvah of Riyah, to come to the Beis HaMikdosh. And that's what Ravina said. Ravina said, a chatzi yavet, chatzi ben chayrin, would be potter. But then, the Mishnah Achrayna is when Basil retracted from their opinion, and they said that we do force the master to free him. So even before the master actually freed him, he's already considered to be like a free person, because it's just a matter of time. The, matter, the, the master must free him. And therefore, we say that our mission is marbe hakoil, including this chatziyev chatzim chayrin, that his master must free him, that he will already be chayiv in the mitzvah of re'iyah. That's the Mishnah Achreina, after Basil retracted their opinion. Going back to the Mishnah, it said, chutz that excluding a chereshayte v'katan are absolved from the mitzvah. So it says in the Mishnah over here, Cheresh, a person that's deaf or deaf mute, as we'll see, Dumya, the shait of a cotton. It's similar to a shait and a cotton. Ma shait of a cotton, the labane deya. What's unique about a shait and a cotton is the fact that they both don't have das, they both don't have the proper understanding. Av Cheresh, same thing is also with a person that's a Cheresh, the lav bardeyahu, that he also does not have proper understanding. As Rashi here says, that Chazal, the Chazal Kimluhu, the Chazal know this fact that a person that's deaf mute does not have proper das, like it is with a cheresh and a cotton, like it is with a shaita and a cotton, that is. And the Kamash Malam, what our Tana here is telling us, this halacha regarding being oiler egel, kiditnan, similar to what we said in a different Mishnah. Cheresh, shedibru chachamim, b'chol makim. The term cheresh that chachamim use in all places. What does this mean? She'ein shemeyev einim medaber. It's a person that doesn't hear. He's deaf. Einim medaber. He's mute. But okay. So therefore, that's the pshat in our mishnah as well. A cheresh is a person that is deaf, mute, and therefore he's similar to a shayta and a cotton. Says the Gemara, but how medaber ve'ne shemeya? Person that can talk but he just can't hear, or shemeyev ve'ne medaber. He can hear but he can't talk. Chayiv. He will be obligated in the mitzvah to be oileragel. He's not like a shayta and a cotton. So this is the same. What it says in our Mishnah is, is it proves or it's the same to this that we learned in the Braise as well. So what does it say? I'm a person that can talk and can't hear. Zehu Cheresh. This is he, this person is called he's deaf. a person that can hear but he can't talk. Zehu This is a Elaine which is mute. Then the Braise there says, both of these, It's like a regular, normal person for all halachas. He's chayv in all mitzvahs, like a regular person. So we see clearly in this Braise that if, unless a person is a deaf and mute, he's considered to be like a regular person. 
How do we know a person that can talk and can't hear? This is what's called a cheresh, and that shemei avenim medaber zehu ilem, and a person that can hear but can't talk, he's called an ilem. Where, where do these terms come from? Where do we see? Because the pasuk says va'ani kecheresh loy eshma, and I'm like deaf and I can't hear. So we see a cheresh is a person that doesn't hear. Or like a person that's mute, it doesn't open his mouth. So it says this expression clearly in a pasuk in Tilim. The Baisaima or the Gemara brings the source of the term Ilaim, Omri Inshi, this is the source of this is like people say, Ishtakil Milule. Ilaim means that his words that he would usually be able to speak was taken away from him. Okay, so now the Gemara comes back over here to this Braisa and this explanation of the Mishnah, and the Gemara will actually retract what it says and, ex- and cha- uh, change the Pshare. So what did we say? Medaber veni shemeya, shemeya veni medaber. Whether he's only deaf or only mute, chayev. He will be obligated in the mitzvah, and it said before that he's like a normal person, and therefore also in this mitzvah to be oile regel, he'll also be chayev. So the Gemara brings it, and Abraise it clearly says that that's not the din. Vatanya we learn Abraise medaber veni shemeya, a person that can talk and he can't hear. Shemeya veni medaber, he can hear but he can't talk. Potter, he's potter from coming to be oile regel in the base of mikdash. So how do, how do we explain our Mishnah? When our Mishnah said that only a Cheresh, which is deaf and mute, is Potter. So now the Gemara changes this. There's something missing in our Mishnah. This is how you have to learn in our Mishnah. Everybody's obligated in two mitzvahs. To come to the base of Mikdash and bring the carbon oil as And Simcha means... To also come to the base of Mikdash and bring the carbon for the Simcha, which is the carbon Shlamim that you bring. So the Mishnah here is mentioning both, that everybody's chayv in both of these. And then the Mishnah says, Chutz, shemeya, a person that's deaf, and Shemeya, medaber, or a person that's mute, Shepotim and So he's going to be potter from which carbon? From the carbon Re'iyah, to bring that carbon Oilo. And then the Mishnah says, even though he's potter to bring the carbon re'iyeh, nevertheless, he's still going to be chayev to bring the carbon shlamim for the simcha. And then the Mishnah says, if he's deaf and mute, and v'shayt v'katan, and a shayt and a katan. So here we're talking about a real cheresh, which is deaf and mute, similar to a shayt and a katan. So he is potter af simcha. He's potter of both, of the carbon oil asri'iyeh, and from the carbon the, the, the shlamim that's for a simcha. Hayil upturim, we call a mitzvah ha'amuris betayra. Because this person is potter from all mitzvahs in the tayra. So the Gemara here just uh, changed the pshat, and the Gemara was machadish, that when it comes to the Eilas Re'iyeh, so over there, you're going to be potter if a person is either deaf or mute. But when it comes to the carbon shlamin that's brought for Simcha, for that you're only going to be potter if the person is deaf and mute. Gemara brings a b'raisa that says the same thing. Tanya nami hachi, this is exactly the way it says in another b'raisa. Ha'kel chayavim b'ri'iyeh u'b'simcha. Everyone's obligated in both ri'iyeh and simcha. Chutz b'cheresh ha'medaber ve'ni shemeya. Shemeya ve'ni medaber. Excluding a person which is deaf or mute. Shepturim in ha'ri'iyeh, which is carbon from the, potter from the carbon ri'iyeh. And then the b'raisa concludes. V'avopi shepturim in ha'ri'iyeh. Even though he's potter from ri'iyeh. Chayev Simcha, he's still Chayev in the Simcha to bring the carbon Shlomim for the Simcha. 
But a person that cannot hear and can is both deaf and mute, and the to the cotton, pturin, afmana simcha. They're potter from everything and from simcha as well. Since he's potter from all mitzvahs in the taira. And the continuation of the Gemara will explain what's the source of this. Why are we making this kind of distinction? It will bring the psukim as the source for this.